0: Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com slash audioboom
1: Good evening everybody and welcome to the Graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. All righty, Matt. How you doing? Hey, I'm good, Adam. How about you? Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm a little concerned with uh, this episode because on my way home from work, I decided it would be a good idea to stop and get Taco Bell. (laughs) And, um, you know, because I thought, okay, I'll get something quick. You know, we got to record. I don't want to cook. And that might end up being a bad thing. Yeah, we're going
2: to get some haunted noises.
1: Right. So if you hear some weird noises that I can't edit out, (laughs) I apologize for that. It's either my stomach or my butt. It's I Taco don't... Bell talking. Right, so it, it's the that haunted burrito that I had. Uh, so I'll apologize for that right now. I, I'm going to try not to make any obscene noises um, that I don't have to beep out, you know. But
2: hey, there's more room out than in. That's,
1: that's... true. Yeah, my grandma always said that, and I then when I'd take her up on it, she'd yell at me. So I don't. <laughs> it was kind of a weird thing. Anyway, Matt, what are we talking about tonight?
2: Tonight, we are talking about haunted dolls. Ooh. Yeah. And everybody by now knows Adam's uh, affinity for children. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, this, this, uh, this really ought to creep him out tonight. It does.
1: It does. Um, I was doing some last-minute research last night, and I woke up two or three times last night thinking there was a doll in my room. Like, some dream I had, it was like, there's a doll in my room sitting in the corner.
2: Well, we are definitely climbing up the ladder on the creep factor tonight, because some of these stories that uh, we read while we were researching this, they are legitimately scary.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yep.
2: And and I had to find myself like, well, I'm going to quit reading this yep. in the dark. Exactly. I'm going to turn on some lights yeah. and I'm going to open up this closet door and Yep. Make
1: sure you're doing it during the daylight. I had to. You know, I was like if it if the sun starts going down that laptop closes and I turn on something funny. You know, we we put on yeah. GMM or something like that, which if y'all know what GMM is, we can be best friends. Just saying. Um so we're talking about haunted dolls. Now I wanted to kind of get into a little bit of why dolls are inherently kind of creepy anyway. And a lot of it, the scientists and and researchers say it has to do with the Uncanny Valley. And some of y'all may know what that is. Some of y'all may not. Um, The Uncanny Valley... Is
2: is not in North Dakota.
1: No, it's actually the Uncanny Valley is in California because there's some uncanny shit uh, stuff that happens. Right. in uh, Anyway, um, so what it is, is it's a hypothesized relationship between the degree of an object's resemblance to a human being and the emotional response to such an object. So basically what that's saying is as a doll or an object becomes closer to to looking like an actual person without actually looking exactly like a person, it becomes creepy. So if you look at some of these, um, the, the robots they have out now that have the, like, I don't know if you've seen the secretary robots that they're kind of doing in Japan that are supposed to greet you as you walk into a, a hotel or a business. They've got that like skin type over them and they've got a, a they can make facial features but when you look at them, there's something just a little bit off. There's something that doesn't look quite human to them. The, the that uneasy feeling you get is due to that uncanny valley. And if you look it up, there is a graph that kind of goes toward human looking. And then the valley is that whole area that does not, you know, that it looks human, but not completely. And within that valley is stuff like dolls, humanoid-type dolls. Um, They've actually got corpses in that uncanny valley because it kind of looks like a human, but there's something wrong with it, you know? It's dead. That's what's wrong with it, you know? Um, And then it pulls out of that as you get into the actual human, you know, human being.
2: And that makes sense with things like paintings. Right. Right. And old photographs where you see somebody that just, there's something not right. Because paintings of dead children mm-hmm. were very common. Right. Uh, right around the turn of the 1900s, you know. Yeah. Um, a, a child would would die unexpectedly, and they would have a, a portrait painted of mm-hmm. the baby after death. And you can look at those and just see there's something really not right about this. This is not a typical picture of a baby, and it's creeping me out. I remember one time I saw pictures of marzipan babies.
1: you know, Like the little marshmallow stuff. And
2: they were so realistic looking, it was creepy. Right. And that's kind of what this is talking about.
1: Yeah. And there's those – there are dolls – and I can't remember exactly what they're called, but they're like newborn baby dolls mm, that are supposed oh, yeah. to be like, yeah. you, you take care I, of the newborn baby. Yeah. And yeah, dude, that that's that's just not right. I mean, there's you know, because it's so close to looking like a baby and, you know, me and babies, they're creepy anyway. Right. And then you you give it this like plasticky kind of, you know, non-animated fate. It's It's just it's just too weird. Um, One of the other reasons they say that people might be afraid of dolls is a phobia. Um, It's called pediophobia, and it's an actual, irrational, persistent fear of dolls. And it's a part of, it belongs to the category of, let's see if I get this right, automatonophobia.
2: Hey, that was pretty good.
1: Thank you, thank you. Um, And that is actually the phobia of, All humanoid or human-like, but not quite, in quotes, objects, including mannequins, marionettes, ventriloquist dummies, wax figures, uh, robotic figures, etc. Now, pediophobia originates um, from pideon, which means little child in Greek, and phobos, meaning fear or deep dread. Um, And a lot of adults who suffer with pediophobia are also known to fear little children. So, maybe Adam has a little bit of pediophobia in him.
2: I'd say he's a good chance. <laughs>
1: right. Um, which, can't help it. It's an irrational fear. Don't hate. Um, so, I obviously, this is a podcast, so we can't show any visual aids or anything. But I'm going to put a link to it, or try to put a link to it, in the description. But if I can't, go on, everybody go on YouTube and search baby secret doll from Mattel. This was a doll that Mattel released in 1966. And it's it's one of the creepiest toys that I've ever seen. I showed Matt the video of it before we started recording. And it whispers to the kids.
2: Yeah, it's creepy enough that it looks real. Yes. But then it whispers.
1: Yeah, and the mouth and the actually mouth, moves. The man. mouth
2: moves. Yeah, it,
1: and it's like,
2: is anybody else awake?
1: <laughs> You're like, what? You know, it's. I have a secret. Do you have one? You're like, no, dude, no. Just burn the thing, torch it with fire. Um, so y'all go look that up and see if y'all get that same creepy, uncanny valley issue that Matt and I have. Um, now, before I hand it over to Matt, I'm going to tell y'all a little story. Um, y'all know from a couple episodes ago, I talked about my dad screwing with me, um, like he'd like to screw with me and scare me. Well, it wasn't an isolated incident. Um, he has this doll that his grandmother gave him and it's one of those like four foot tall dolls and it's probably as old as he is. It's gotta be 55 to 60 years old. You know, it's, it's old. I'll post a picture of it in the Facebook group. So if y'all aren't in the Facebook group and y'all want to see it, go join the Facebook group. I'll put up a a picture after this episode releases. Um, but this doll always scared me because it was one of those, if you tilted it back, like laid it down, the eyes would close, you know? So if it moved, the eyes blinked. And Dan would keep this in a rocking chair in the den facing out. So if you're walking up the front uh, the front walk there to the front door, you look in the window and there's this damn doll staring at you, you know? So I used to turn away from the window when I was walking in so that I didn't have to see it, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's just kind of wrong. Right. You know?
1: <laughs> and I think he did it on purpose because, uh, he, he just was an oddball like that. Um, but I, I did that. I got, uh, got home late one night and I did that turn away from the, the window thing and I unlocked the door. And you go in the front door and you turn left and right in front of you is my old room when I was living there and go down the hallway. And it's, it was my parents' room on the very end of the hallway. So I I had my door shut. So I walk in, I close the front door. I go open the door to my bedroom and I flip on the light. I turn and sitting on the end of my bed is this damn four foot doll. (laughs) So Adam screamed like a little girl. I think he wet himself a little bit, and I hear the door to my, my dad's room open, and he's laughing, and then he shuts the door without saying anything and goes back to bed, and I'm like,
2: <laughs> you jackass, <laughs> you know,
1: and, and so I, that was not a good night for me that night, but uh, like I said, I'll post a picture of it so y'all can be creeped out about my dad's forefoot oh, doll from his grandmother, but those weren't haunted. Now, those are just creepy dolls. Now, Matt, let's get into talking about some haunted stuff here.
2: Okay. So with haunted dolls, we have to consider haunted objects in general. And so in researching this topic, uh, we looked into a little bit on how does an object become haunted very carefully. Uh, yeah. Why? You know, what What could cause this? Is it even possible? Um, where does this all stem from? And so there's some theories behind how an object would become haunted or have uh, what is called spiritual attachment, where a spirit of someone that was previously alive attached itself to an inanimate object. So... Objects that were special to a person, you know, your your grandfather's pipe, uh, a grandma, your grandmother's quilt, you know, some a locket, a piece of jewelry, you know, a Something dress that held a lot of emotional value, yeah, to a wedding dress, you know, those type things. A lot of emotion, a lot of uh, sentiment. There's a lot of energy there that. If you buy into this, can be transferred into some of these objects, um, objects that were used in in violent events. A lot of people have reported seeing spirits of Revolutionary War heroes, Civil War heroes, those kind of things. Uniforms, you know, the uniform was in this trunk. I found this trunk in my in my attic, and there was an old Civil War uniform in there. And I've been seeing this Civil War soldier, like on the on the grounds of this property, something along those lines. Um, it, it is what we're um, we're talking about when we mean uh, spiritual attachment, right? You know, a violent event. Uh, you know, war is about as violent as I can come up with. So old guns, muskets, any of that stuff. You know, I think when I die, I'll
1: probably attach myself to a pair of boxers because there's been some violent stuff happening. I mean, Taco Bell.
2: Yeah. Saying. Yeah, so uh, a violent event you know, could uh, transfer a lot of negative energy into an object. Um, or cursed items, which as we get into this more, we're going to be talking about some of these dolls possibly being cursed. And that's even... Along the lines of demonic possession right. of an object, um, you know, where a curse would would uh, would instill a demon, you know, in, into an object, into a, into a doll, in the case of what we're discussing tonight, uh, or or into say a knife or something like that. That's that's been hyped up in movies. So it, it's all about this this negative energy that would make an item cursed, right? So, why keep these things? Why why would you hang on to this haunted stuff? that it's
1: been my question hey, the whole time.
2: I, yeah, I've got this. Uh, I've got this old pipe that belonged to this uh, slave owner from you know pre Civil War days, and you know it it's got all uh, all these weird things are happening to me. You know, I get sick if I look at it. Well, just get rid of the thing. No, throw kidding. it away, destroy it, burn it. Okay, well, there's a belief that if you do that with one of these cursed or haunted items that the spirit will somehow attach itself to you, that that object is the is the host and it's got to find a new host. Well, you're standing right there, you know, killing off the host that it's in. You look like fresh meat. Here I come. That goes back to our episode about the Ouija boards, about not burning or or trying to destroy a Ouija board because the spirit held within could attach itself to you. Right. Same principle here, um, you know, so so just taking out, you know, this haunted object, haunted doll, whatever, burning it, you know, throwing it away, not really a great idea. And again, that's if you buy into this right. stuff.
1: So that's why there's a lot of them on eBay.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know. I gotta sell this thing.
1: Yeah, sell it. Let someone else have that. Um. So, what? Uh, what Matt and I were talking about is as we go through these, we've each got some stories uh, that we're going to go over of some supposed haunted dolls, and as we go. They're going to get a little creepier and a little creepier and a little creepier. So, what we're going to do, I'm going to start out with one named Caroline. Um, this is a haunted doll, but she is said to not have any negative things about her. Caroline is a porcelain doll that's supposedly. That su- there we go. That is. <laughs> yep. It's, it's last episode all over again. Um, that is believed to be haunted by not one, not two, but three different spirits. And that sounds real bad. But apparently, the spirits that possess Caroline are actually her former owners. So they're not malevolent at all. They're actually said to be a benevolent haunting. Um, she never harms any of her owners. Um, she plays little harmless pranks on them, um, which is creepy enough. Um, apparently she would hide books behind bookshelves and put unlit candles into ovens while they're off. Um, she would purposely misplace objects just to kind of mess with you. Like, I guess like little kid playing a joke on you, whatever, you know, I'm going to hide your keys, whatever. Um, but she's also known to, if you hold her up to your ear, she's supposed supposed to whisper stuff to you.
2: Her. Uh, here we go, right? With the whisper doll. So it's
1: that Mattel doll again. Uh, one of her previous owners named John um, apparently claims that he he held Caroline up to his ear, and she whispered, "Make it yours." he's never said any more about it except he takes that as her wishing him good luck. If a doll said make it yours to me I don't know what I would do. I don't, you know, I mean if it whispered anything to me I don't know what I'd do but make it yours does not mean anything.
2: Don't order the tacos. Right.
1: (laughs) Quesarito bad idea. (laughs) So that's Caroline. She's got a lot of activity about her but Apparently none of it is malevolent. None of it is bad. So let's get into the more malevolent ones. And I know Matt, you've got you're gonna start us out with one of those.
2: So if if any if any of you guys want to go and, and look up, just Google haunted dolls. And the list is ridiculous of the amount of go on eBay and look up right? haunted dolls. It's crazy. Right. You know, so um, We had to kind of dig through and find some of the best stories. Now, the story I'm going to tell is about Joliet the doll. Now, Joliet was a a, a pregnancy gift to a lady. She was about to have her second child, and this gift was from a family friend. So the family friend gives this doll to this lady, she takes the doll, has a healthy baby boy. Three days after he's born, he dies of a mysterious illness. In the, the week or two after his death, the mother begins to hear crying coming from the doll. And if there's anything, if you've ever talked to a mother about this they they will tell you this is true a mother will recognize their own child's cry and so this lady believed that this was the spirit of her dead son inside this doll she could hear it cry so she began to care for this doll just like it was her child mm. so this doll has been passed down from the same family For four generations, every daughter that has accepted this doll has given birth to two healthy children. One son and one daughter. And the son has died on the third day after he was born. That alone gives me chills. Right. Every one of these children that have passed on, their cries can be heard coming from Joliet the doll. The woman that tells this story, her name is Anna G. Now, the, the G is just her, her the first initial of her last name. As the family chooses to remain anonymous, the reason they have chosen to remain anonymous is because the story is widely unbelieved by anyone outside of the family. And to save themselves any further ridicule or embarrassment, they remain anonymous. They will not get rid of the doll. Which you think, man, this is crazy. You've got a doll that's killing, you know, every yep. every son killing that's kids. born in your family for generations, and you won't get rid of it. They will not get rid of it because they believe that. The spirits of these children are inside Joliet the doll, and they care for Joliet the doll just like they are caring for all four of these souls trapped inside this doll. It gets weirder. Oh, good. So the family believes that this doll had a curse put on it when it was given as a gift, and that this doll is a soul stealer, and that that is what it was meant to do. It will take the souls of the male children in their family. And and these souls will remain trapped in this doll until Judgment Day. That's what the curse says. Wow. Okay. So, <clears throat> in looking into this, I kept seeing the same picture of the same doll face over and over again. If you look up some of these other dolls, you're going to see tons of different pictures uh, from different sources. There's one picture... One doll face, it never changes, and that kind of made me a little suspicious. So I began to dig a little deeper. And as crazy as this story sounds, every time I read it, it was almost verbatim. So, you know, about two or three hours prior to us recording tonight, I came to the conclusion that this really reeks... Of urban legend,
1: right? Kind of a there's not been any thing.
2: research done. No psychics have, have have that I could find have have investigated this doll because it belongs to this one family and they keep it and they pass it down. It's not on display. They don't let anybody mess with it. This, you know, okay this this is beginning. the The, the red flags are starting to come up, right? But it's still a really good. Story leading into what we're talking about tonight, um, you know, it's it's got all those elements. You know, it's got a doll, it's got a curse, it's got death. Um, so I I kept it in, even though I felt like eh, it's probably isn't true. Yeah. um But I kept it in because you know I'd already really really put a lot of time into looking this up. Uh, but hey, let me know. I mean, th- I I think this is a great story. Oh yeah. You know, I mean. I, I mean even if it isn't true, it's, it's still that, a pretty good ghost story, yeah, you know.
1: It's still one that will give you chills and, and kind of screw with your dreams. Um, so the first one I've got is a doll named Mandy. And I'm going to uh, – I'll have a link to where I found this story, but I'm going to read a little bit of what it says, and then we'll kind of talk about it.
2: And just so you know, the whole time he's reading – Barry Manilow is going to be playing in my head.
1: So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, That's what's playing in my head all the time, too. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Mandy the Haunted Doll, the curator of the Quinsell and District Museum of British Columbia, Canada. So if you're in Canada, go check it out. Um, she was sitting at her desk uh, when an antique doll was plopped down in front of her. This, this doll was being donated to the museum. It was a 90-plus-year-old doll, and the donor said she was getting rid of it because the doll was getting really old, really fragile, and she didn't want her young daughter playing with it and damaging it any further. Um, the doll had belonged to this woman's grandmother, um, and the woman seemed to be, she didn't seem to be sad about getting rid of this family heirloom. She actually seemed a little anxious to drop it off with this museum curator and be gone. Um, so the curator took uh, took the doll, and as soon as she grabbed the doll, she felt a little uneasy. And at first she was like, well, you know, it's probably because the doll just looks incredibly creepy. Um old, white, faded clothing. The stuffed parts of the doll were ripped in places, and the doll's face was realistically painted. It had glass eyes, and the forehead over the doll's right eye was cracked, kind of causing the eye to protrude a little bit. So it was like it was intently peering at anyone who was looking at it. And so the, the curator was just initially creeped out from this thing from the get-go. Now, the doll was taken into the workroom of this museum to undergo the maintenance that all dolls go through when it's brought in um, before it can be placed on display. So it was enclosed in this plastic bag to see if there were any bugs that infested it. If so, the bugs would come out and die in the bag. And the the workers there had kind of this uneasy feeling putting the doll into the bag. You know, it was, they kind of had this, they're putting a real person in a bag kind of feeling. It, it was just weird for them to explain. And they... So they put the doll in the bag and they set it over in the corner of the room to finish the rest of their day. And they swore they heard the bag rustle as if something moved inside the bag. So they went over and looked and there were no bugs rustling this bag. The doll, they said, changed position in the bag. It moved its arms in the bag. So creepy enough, right? That, that'll that'll freak you oh, out. Oh, yeah. Um, so they they move on. They get past this. They they realize that there are no bugs in the doll. So they've got to photograph it, um, like all dolls do when they come into this museum, so that they can keep it for posterity's sake and have it you know on display with the doll. So they go to photograph it. Um, they took all the pictures and then left her in the lab overnight. They come back the next morning, and when they came back in, the whole room had been messed up. Objects had been thrown around the room, across the floor, large objects had been tipped over, and papers had been torn up, and the curator said it looked as if a child had thrown a tantrum from being left in the room by herself. So Mandy was then placed on display within the museum itself. And she was the first thing you saw when you walked in the entryway into this museum. And everybody who walked past it and looked at Mandy said, something doesn't feel right. I, I just don't feel right. They would get this kind of butterflies in their stomach feeling, uneasy feeling. And people would stop to take pictures of Mandy. Most of those pictures didn't turn out. Like they would, they would either be blurred or they get strange light anomalies in the thing. She would be whitewashed out and everything else would be fine. So it got to the point where they moved Mandy further back into the museum, put her in her own glass display further back. And the feelings were still there. People still creeped out. The uh, photograph anomalies still happened. So a psychic, uh, asked, you know, could she hold the doll? Could she, you know, hold the doll and see if she felt anything? And as soon as she read the doll, she said that it had suffered a lot of abuse. But it was not the doll who was suffering, but rather the spirit that inhabits it. So apparently there's an origin story to this doll. And here is the Origin story verbatim, according to the website. A man was walking past the farmhouse when he thought he heard some crying coming from within. The odd part about the child's cry was that the passerby knew the farmhouse had been empty and abandoned, so no child should have been present. He walked up the drive and knocked on the door, and there was no answer. The crying continued, so he'd, he had to look around and he entered the empty farmhouse and discovered the crying came from below his feet. Not knowing how to access the building's cellar, from the inside he went back outside to find the external entrance. As he opened the storm doors, light illuminated the room, and he made a shocking discovery. The body of a young girl, long dead, lay on the floor, a doll held in her arms. It's not known why the girl was in the cellar in the first place, whether it was by accident or some form of crime and punishment, Regardless, it's believed that when she died, her spirit decided to inhabit the doll. So there seems to be that link between that girl's death and the doll. And the doll still to this day um, has strange occurrences around it. Um, she the curator uh, decided to visit the doll's previous owner um. And she learned the truth about this doll, that the owner didn't want to get rid of it and donate it to the museum because of the fear of her daughter, you know, destroying the doll, messing it up anymore. Um, She because if that were the case, she said she would have just put it in a box and put it out of the reach of her child. Um, The real reason was that as soon as she brought the doll into her house, she could hear crying coming from the cellar. When she would investigate to find the source of the sound, she would find nobody there. The cellar windows would all be open, and the doll would be on the floor. So when this began to happen more frequently, she decided to get rid of the doll, and she donated it to the museum. The first night after donating it to the museum, it never happened again. So, kind of a weird Mandy (laughs)
2: Yeah, Mandy's a little strange.
1: Yeah. So they're saying that the doll took that spirit of the girl who died with the doll in her arms. They don't know why she died. They don't know. You know, the story doesn't say whether it was murder or whether it was accident. The girl snuck into the house and died down there, whatever. But the psychic felt that it was a torturous death. So probably murder and when the spirit left the girl it went into the doll so like you were talking about before with the haunted objects it you know the spirit took over that that doll
2: right and you'll see a common thread in a lot of these stories where once the doll is removed from the home um, the things will stop the strange occurrences will end that's not always the case right and a few of these stories we're about to get into it doesn't matter where this doll is you know the stuff can keep happening right so um so yeah that that's a great story
1: yeah i thought it was i i, I enjoyed it it was one of those that kind of creeped me out because you're reading along you're like yeah typical doll story typical doll story and then you're like oh it was a murdered girl yeah
2: great yeah. and and i purposefully didn't didn't look at any of the ones Adam was going to do so that I could hear some of these stories for the first time right. tonight so.
1: and and vice versa so I don't I don't know any of the ones you've got I saw the name and would skip past them so
2: yeah. Okay so um my next one Harold the Doll Harold Oh Harold Her- Harold has got a a well documented history uh, probably better than any of the dolls that we've talked about tonight. Right. Um, Harold. Doe, I think I have read this a time or two, but I couldn't verify it. He was the first haunted doll sold on eBay.
1: I yeah, I think so.
2: So um, so let's go into some of uh, the origin story because we're gonna we're gonna bring that back up towards the end. Um, so the story with Harold the doll is a man. In Webster, Florida, he went to a flea market, and Webster, Florida, is one of these little quaint towns. It, it's just west of Gainesville. Uh, he showed up at this flea market, and, and it was around closing time. A lot of the vendors were, were shutting down, packing up for the day, and, and he walks past a booth, and this gentleman is putting this doll into a box, and, and he asks about the doll. And the guy says, look, um, you don't really want to buy this doll. Um, I I had it, it's, it's been in my workshop for years and I I just brought it because I thought I needed to bring it out here and and just see. And I says, no, no, no. You know, I really want to, it it looks like it may be, it's old. It's an old doll. It's in pretty good condition. You know, it may be worth some money. Um, and the guy says, I want $20 for it. So. He bought it. Put it in a bag and and this gentleman walks away. And as the story goes as he's walking away, the the seller runs up to him, catches up to him and says, Look, hey, I I can't I can't do this. I can't let you just walk away with this doll. Said, okay. He says, I bought this doll for my son when he was a baby. And his son had passed as a boy. And there were a lot of strange occurrences that had happened surrounding this particular doll since the boy's death. He says, I, I'm worried that this doll is haunted. He said, I, I got to the point where I, I couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore. So I put it in my shed and I kept it there until I brought it out today to, to just try. He said, but I've tried to destroy it, and I can't. I've tried to throw it away, and it comes back. I've tried to burn it, and it won't burn. He said, you can see there's marks on here where I've, I've tried to, to destroy this thing, and, and, and I can't. It, it can't be destroyed. I says, all right, that's a great story. I'm taking the doll. Gone. Right. Okay. So <clears throat> fast forward a little bit. This doll shows up on eBay in 2003, and it's owned by a lady named Kathy Krush. I had to practice that.
1: Did you? Yeah. You did good. Yeah. I'm proud of you.
2: So, Kathy puts this doll on eBay. She bought it from eBay in 2003 because she was going to study doll restoration. And the person that was her teacher said, This doll is perfect. It's from the right era. It's the right size. Get this doll. You know, it's it's not very expensive. You know, we can work on it. And it and it's got some wear and and we can we can work on it. So that's why she bought it. Now on the original eBay posting, this story that I just told about the man buying this doll at a flea market is in the listing. Well, Kathy didn't care that the doll was haunted. She wanted to restore it and she didn't believe it anyway. Right. Over the course of the next year, Kathy began developing a lot of physical problems, uh, a lot of illness, you know, physical disability, and then so did her husband. So, one year was enough and Kathy says, this thing's got to go and put it back on eBay in 2004. Right. So in 2004, Harold, the doll was purchased by a man, uh, Anthony Quinata and Anthony Quinata was the doll's owner until present day. So he owned this doll from 2004 till I guess, technically now, um, And he didn't believe the stories either. Uh, The only reason he did it was because he thought, eh, this might be a cool story. You know, I might could do some research and, and write a book about it. And he noticed that there was a reserve on the doll, and he wasn't meeting it. So he thought, I wonder how much a haunted doll actually goes for on eBay. Yeah. So he kept bidding until he met it. Well then someone outbid him and and sent him a message that says, You will not win this. I will continue to outbid you. So, you know, now it's a game. Okay. Well, let me see how high I can run this up for you. Right. Well, he won. And so now he he gets this doll and he and he gets it shipped to him and he eh, it's haunted doll. It looks like an old baby doll, whatever. So he puts it in storage. Um, And that's where Harold lived from 2004 until 2013 when Anthony Quinata decided, you know what, I'm going to go get this doll and I'm going to start looking into it. Right. I'm going to do some tests. So as soon as he gets Harold the doll out of storage, weird things begin to happen. Almost immediately. He says you could feel an energy from this doll that was unlike anything he had felt. He said you know there were times where he could feel like the the doll was was looking at him, you know that the facial expression would change, the eye color would change, the mouth would move. Uh, he he bought a dog. He tells a story that he bought a dog, and when he brought the dog in. The dog wouldn't go anywhere near it, was frightened, wouldn't even come into the room with it. Dogs and so uh, so what he did was he he went to Harold and said, Harold, this is our new dog, and he's a part of the family, and he's going to live with us, so leave him alone. From that point forward, the dog was fine. He tells another story about a psychic that he asked to do a reading with Harold. And when she picked him up, she's holding him and said, she immediately handed him back and said, I can't do this. And when he asked her why not, she said, because Harold just told me he was going to kill me. More psychics came, same result. Harold was telling them to leave me alone or he was going to kill them. So now... Anthony is really, oh, I got something here. Yeah. But so he started investing in some equipment. Um, he, you know, started using a digital recorder to take some EVPs. He got a spirit box, and I wish I could. I wish I could remember the name of this thing. I meant to write it down and forgot. But this is like a spirit box with an actual screen mm-hmm. that will allow you to. Would allow the spirit to actually type out what it's uh, saying. Neat. Okay. Not, not a keypad. It's just, it's like a spirit box This instead of a speaker, it's got a screen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so there's a YouTube video. In fact, there's tons of YouTube videos because Anthony, he, he blogged and vlogged everything for a solid two years. In fact, had a live 24 hour webcam on this doll that people could just sit and watch it. And the, the webcam would cut out, and it would come back. The doll would be in a different position. So a lot of people would say, hey, he he's just he's doing that." Right. And he would be like, on the other side of town. You know, yeah. The dolls alone. Right. Web feed cuts out. Dolls in a different position. Okay. I had to get a snack. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, time goes on. He continues to study. He does this. He does this test, and this test is actually on YouTube. You can go look it up, where he, uh, he's explaining that in July of 2015, which is when the webcam actually stopped, that he thought he had done enough and that his project with Harold was going to come to an end. And on the screen, it prints out August. August. So Anthony says, I guess I'm making a change of plans, and we're not going to wrap this up for another month. And he did an EVP reading while all this is happening. And you can hear him talking to Harold, and there's a buzz in the recording, almost like there's like a fan in the background or something, but it's loud. I mean, you can barely hear Anthony's voice. And he does another separate recording, and it's not there. The entire time you're watching this video, this doll is changing right before your eyes. I, I get it. It's a video. You can manipulate video. But this dude has spent years of his life around this doll. I, I, you know, if if he's hoaxing somebody, man, he has he really gone to some lengths for not a whole lot of gain at that point. A long hoax. So the doll's eyes are beginning to turn red, and towards the end of the video, Anthony says, "Does everybody see what I'm seeing? Does it look like the doll's eyes are turning red?" He said the doll's eyes are a light powder blue most of the time. So this wasn't the first time this had happened, but he, and you can look at the video, and it's not that way in the beginning, and it changes. It changes to red. So, really, really, really strange. N- nothing all that frightening. It's just, man, this is this is eerie right. that this is around this doll. So, one night after coming over to visit Harold, and and having a little powwow with the doll, uh, one of Anthony's friends goes home, and the next day she calls him and says, "My son is sick." And I think it has to do with Harold. I think he's causing it because we talked to him last night. He says, Well that's that's really odd. Your son wasn't here. She says, I know, but I was, and I think this is he, he's almost he, he's almost in a trance. You know, he's complaining of feeling nauseated. Um and, and he keeps saying this this one word Glenn Eyre. Over and over, do you know what that means? Anthony says, no, but I'll I'll research it. I don't know what it means. So over the course of the next few hours, he progressively gets worse. And so Anthony goes and comes to Harold, and he takes holy water. He sprinkles it on the doll, and he tells Harold, you are not allowed to hurt anyone I love. No more problems. He calls the lady back, and and ask how her son is, and she's like, "Well, I don't know." He he finally vomited, and now he's asleep. But other than that, he was fine. But things like that, where <clears throat> Anthony would describe people would would have have scratches, you know, or, or feel touched. Um, one psychic actually uh, says she developed a bruise under her eye that was the same size as Harold's hand. Another psychic says that she felt a bite between her thumb and forefinger, and there were physical teeth marks there that matched the size of Harold's mouth. So what was causing Harold to behave this badly? Um, Nobody really knew for sure, but Anthony was convinced that it was a demon. But as he progressed and as these EVP sessions occurred, he realized that there were spirits of people trapped inside this doll, or what he believed, and that the demon was keeping them there. The demon chose to call himself Harold, but let them know that he was not trapped inside this doll, that he was the doll's owner. And that he was herald, and that the spirits inside uh, were there, and they were trapped. Now, I, I read several accounts. There's there's some stories that it's uh, you know a child, and and two young men, or it's a, a lady and a man and a child. Um, I, I couldn't find anything that definitively said that, but it usually was in threes, plus the fourth, which was this demon that called itself Harold, um, that was keeping the, the spirits there. So, over the, the course of the years from 2015 to now, um, Anthony wrote a book on Harold the Doll. Now, he still updates, his latest update about what's going on with Harold um, is dated March of this year. So two years post, you know, his book has come out for financial reasons. He's not going to just give away all of these stories. You know, he wants you to go buy the book, you know, and I, and I think you should. Um, it, it's something I'm definitely going to consider because after reading the stories that I had, uh, it's it's extraordinarily interesting. Um I don't believe, based on what I read, that that Anthony still has Harold in his possession. Um, He does feel like that through uh, a visit um, to a cathedral and after speaking to a priest, that he did somehow manage to help free the spirits that were trapped inside the doll, but that the demon named Harold decided to stay of his own accord. Uh, but, again, those things are, are in his book, and, and I would encourage you, if this story has given you the creeps, um, if it's made those hairs stand up on the back of your neck, this would be a great book to check out. Um, you know, I, uh, these were one of the stories that I, I as I was looking into, I was like, I can't read this in the dark. Yeah, right. I, I mean, this thing is communicating with this man. You know, it, it's a part of his family. You know, he has to go by and and tell it to behave. Yeah,
1: like and, a kid.
2: Yeah, just like a kid. And that, you know, it's making somebody sick that it's never even met. It's telling psychics to leave it alone, that it's going to kill them. Right. Um, you know, it's changing facial expression and color. It's moving. Um, you know, and, and go watch some of these YouTube videos. I mean, there's there's a ton of them. Yeah. I mean, just a ton of, of Anthony... Describing what had happened, um, going back, talking to Harold, what he had done. There's there's video of of EVP sessions and a lot of recordings. So, you know, all of this was done prior to 2015. But it's very, very interesting stuff. It's very compelling video. And like I said, if he was going to pull this as a hoax, boy, it was a long, drawn-out hoax.
1: Right. So. The long con for nothing.
2: Absolutely.
1: So— what, what I'm going to do, I'm going to skip the next one I've got and go straight to my last one just for time's sake, since we're running a little bit long. Because the last one I've got and the last one that Matt has are are long and in-depth, and they're our two favorite ones. So I'm going to skip to my last one, which is Annabelle. And most of y'all probably know that name, Annabelle. It's a movie, Annabelle. Um, it's been talked about a lot, so we'll, you know, we'll get into it here. Um, now, Annabelle was a doll that was given to a girl named Donna by her mother in 1970. And, uh, Donna had a roommate and the roommate's name was Angie. And when they were keeping the doll in their apartment, they would notice that the doll would switch positions. They'd have it sitting in the corner of the room, and it would move from sitting up to laying down, or its arms would move, or its head would turn, something like that. But they never really saw it moving. They would just leave the room, come back in, and it would be in a different position. Now, they started eventually finding pieces of parchment paper with notes written on them notes that would say, help me, and other short little things. But they never had actual parchment paper in the house. So they don't know where this paper was coming from. Um, They brought in a medium, and they, they wanted to kind of see what was going on. So they brought in the medium into the house to see if it was the house. And the medium ended up focusing on Annabelle and the the medium said well this doll is possessed by the ghost of a girl who is buried underneath your apartment
2: that's never something you want to be told
1: no not at all so they they figured okay you know it it's it's a it's a girl ghost nothing bad whatever so they said They told Annabelle that you can stay, this is your house, everything's going to be fine, we'll take care of you. Now, the event started increasing at that point. Um, One night, Annabelle was found with a red substance coming out of her hands. So, you would think blood, they didn't, obviously they didn't have it tested, it was 1970, they don't have just quick test to see if things are blood, you know, no luminol to go squirt and see what it is. So they cleaned it up, whatever, the doll would then start moving around more. It would start moving from instead of just moving its head or whatever, it would move from, say, the chair to the sofa. Or they would find it laying in the middle of the floor. And these events just kept getting more and more and more. Now Lou was uh, Donna's boyfriend, and Lou was there staying with Donna and Angie, and Lou would have bad nightmares every time he stayed over at their apartment. Now, he woke up one night from a deep sleep, and he was just panicking, just having a panic attack, and it was a reoccurring dream that he had every time he stayed there. But this time, somehow, he thought something was a little bit different. Um, When he, he was awake, but he couldn't move, so sleep paralysis. Now, he looked around the room, and he couldn't really see if anything was out of the ordinary. And then he looks down at his feet. And as he's looking down at his feet, he saw Annabelle. And it slowly began to glide up his leg. And Annabelle moved over his chest and then stopped. Within seconds, Annabelle was strangling him. He was paralyzed, gasping for breath. And at the point of asphyxiation, he blacked out. Lou woke up the next morning just certain it was a dream. So he didn't really say anything. They were preparing for a road trip that next day. So they just figured, okay, I'm going to go on the road trip. You know, it was a dream. That doll just freaks me out. Nothing too big. So Lou and Angie are reading over these maps. And they're in the apartment alone, and the apartment seems eerily quiet. And they hear this rustling sound coming from Donna's room. So they both thought someone has broken into the house, gotten into the window, someone's in the apartment. So Lou wants to figure out what it is. So he quietly makes his way to the bedroom door and he's standing there with his ear to the door and he's waiting for the noises to stop. They stop. He enters and turns on the light, and the room is completely empty, except for Annabelle, and she was tossed on the floor in the corner. Now, he scoured the room for any signs of forced entry, but nothing was really out of place. As he got close to the doll, he got this impression that somebody was behind him. So he spins around real quickly to see that no one's there. Then in a flash, he found himself grabbing for his chest, doubled over. He was cut. Something had cut him, and he's bleeding. His shirt was stained with blood, and when he opened his shirt, there on his chest was what looked to be seven distinct claw marks, three vertically and four horizontally. All were like hot burns, and The scratch is healed almost immediately, half gone the next day, fully gone after two days. So all of this attack on Lou, there's been, you know, he had his dream where Annabelle was attacking him. And then the next day, wide awake, he gets scratched, you know, to scratched open where he's bleeding and his, you know, it bleeds through his shirt. And you can see it. Um, Angie saw it. You know, it was it was physically there. So, what they decided to do is they called a couple named Ed and Lorraine Warren. And some of y'all may know Ed and Lorraine Warren. And I have my own feelings about Ed and Lorraine because some of their stuff they came out and said they embellished for publicity or monetary gain or something like that. So some of the stuff that they're involved in I I have a hard time fully believing.
2: Yeah, I mean as soon as somebody wants to make a movie about a story right that you're telling or that you say you lived, boy those details are going to get really fancy. Right, real and, fancy and real it, quick. It just it, it sometimes it goes a little bit beyond artistic license, you know. I'm you know, I'm okay. I'm, I mean I'm I try to be a good storyteller and maybe flash it up a bit but I think in stories like this mm-hmm. uh, it it really kind of lessens your credibility
1: oh for sure for sure um so with all that said we'll we'll get into their part here they were called to investigate the doll um, they felt that it wasn't the spirit of the girl who inhabited the doll but it was a demon using the doll to gain access to the women in the house to possess them and or kill them. So the Warrens decided that the house should have an exorcism performed on it. So they called in a priest to perform the exorcism, and he performed the exorcism on the house, and he said, you know, the the house is clean, but the, the... evil forces are in Annabelle. There's nothing in the house. It's not a spirit. It's not anything possessing the house. But he couldn't get the demon or the spirit out of Annabelle. So the Warrens decided to take the doll, that they were going to take it. Now, yet another notch in the belt of, can't believe you too much, they have an occult museum where they keep all of the stuff from all of their research and their exorcisms and all that. So they decided they were going to take Annabelle and keep her in that museum. So they put Annabelle in the back seat and they're driving home. As soon as they got in the car, they they could feel pure hatred emanating from this doll toward them. So as they're as they're driving, every curve they took, every big hairpin curve or dangerous curve, their car would stall and the power steering would fail. So after this happened four or five times, Ed reached in the back into his bag and grabbed a vial of holy water out, doused the doll with the holy water, and immediately everything stopped and they were able to make it home safely. Now, she still resides in the the Warrens' a cult museum um, they they built a special case for her and once they put annabelle in she no longer appeared to move but the one of the last stories of annabelle is that she was apparently responsible for the death of a guy who came in to see her so this young man came in uh, the museum on a motorcycle with his girlfriend And after hearing Ed's account of the doll, he defiantly went up and began to bang on the case, insisting that the doll put scratches on him or something, you know, prove that she did what she did. And Ed said, son, you need to leave. And he put him out of the building, shut the door behind him. Now on the way home, the man and his girlfriend were laughing and making fun of the doll. He lost control of his motorcycle and went head-on into a tree. The young man was killed instantly, but his girlfriend survived and was hospitalized for over a year. When she asked what happened, the young woman explained that they were laughing about the doll when they lost control of the motorcycle and that it was the devil that did it. So again... It's Ed and Lorraine Warren. So some people believe everything they say, you know, that they are a very credible source. I, on the other hand, have a little skepticism with anything they're involved in due to their history of embellishment.
2: And one thing that we're seeing is the stories we started with were these benevolent spirits of people that had died that inhabited these dolls. And now with the last two we're actually talking about a possible demon that's residing within a doll. You know that is more much more male- malevolent. Right. And and dangerous and, and possessive you know that you know when they when we talk about Lou <clears throat> you know it was obviously someone that you know the doll, or the the demon within the doll, didn't want around. Right. You know I I'm attached to this house. I'm attached to this person. I don't want you here. So I'm gonna do everything to get you out.
1: Right. You're interfering with my relationship between these girls.
2: Right. Right. So, um. But here's a listener tip. Go back and listen to this story about Annabelle. And when you're listening to it, I want you to turn the lights down, okay, and take that picture from all those movie commercials out of your head, and you're going to picture a Raggedy Ann doll choking out a grown man, right? and it's going to be the best way to experience this story. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. And it that, that's exactly what it is. You're, you know, dude's getting choked out by a Raggedy Ann doll. Right. And it...
2: I've got my Halloween costume for next year,
1: right? And
2: <laughs> where am I going to find a raggedy hand doll?
1: I I hope nowhere because I don't want to see you like that. <laughs> that my all-
2: sister had one. I mean, oh yeah. If if this story had been around when I had th- that doll, would have been long gone. See? I'm telling you what.
1: Maybe maybe that was Annabelle.
2: Maybe I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't
1: think. No, nah, so. probably not. All right, so you've got one more, and you actually have one of my favorites.
2: And and this is probably the most famous haunted doll story that there is. So if any of you guys have read or listened to other other podcasters do a story about uh, haunted dolls, you're probably sitting there going, when are they going to talk about Robert? Robert the doll. Right. Um, Robert the doll... Uh, The story dates back to 1906. Robert the doll was a gift um, from a Bahamian servant that worked for the Otto family. And the gift was to their son, Robert Eugene Otto. Now, this servant was suspected to be involved in black magic and voodoo. The doll was handmade. It was made to favor Robert the son, who from this point forward, I will refer to as Gene, because that's what he went by um, after some of the occurrences with Robert the doll uh, began. He he chose to go by Gene. It had human hair and it had button eyes.
1: Human hair in that time frame, not to interrupt you, but human hair was actually known was frequently used in doll making. Right. Um, it was usually the the maker of the doll's hair. Uh, sometimes it was donated, but a lot of times it was right. the maker of the doll.
2: The special thing about Robert was it was Robert Eugene's hair. Sweet. Yeah. So the, the servant had obviously gotten some of um, Robert Eugene's hair to create Robert the doll. So... He loved this doll. Gene loved the doll, carried it everywhere. Everywhere he went, you know, Robert was there. And the parents began to hear Robert talking to the doll, or Gene, I'm sorry. Gene would talk to Robert the doll, and they would hear a deeper, different voice answer him. And so they they got confused, but they, they played it off, and they said, He's, he, he's playing make-believe. He's answering himself in a different voice. He's changing his voice. Right. Things went on like this for a while, and everything seemed calm uh, until some more dangerous things began to happen. They would hear Gene crying in the night, and they would rush into his room, and furniture would be thrown around. Um, and he would blame Robert. He would say, Robert did it. Of course, the parents didn't believe it, and they would punish Gene for what had happened, but he insisted Robert did it. One night, the, uh, one of the accounts reads that they, after they heard a huge ruckus in Gene's room, they went in there to find Gene cowering in the corner, and Robert sitting up on the bed. So Robert had to go. Th- this is really getting out of control. If, if there is something to this, the parents said, we got to get rid of it. If it's not, there's obviously a problem here with Jean and this doll. We, we must separate them. And so Robert went into the attic. You can imagine If somebody put you in a box and threw you in the attic, you wouldn't like it. And Robert didn't like it either. And so strange things in the house, crying, laughing, they continued to happen. And the family just ignored it. Well, Gene eventually grew up. He moved away. He became an artist. Uh, The Otto family continued to live in that house. And when the elder Mr. Otto passed away, Gene decided, "I need to move back home. This is my family home. I I, I should be there." And so Gene and his wife move back to this to their home. While they're moving in and getting settled and going through some of uh, his parents' things, Gene's in the attic and he finds Robert. Here's my childhood doll, and so he brings him out, and immediately. Gene's wife is saying, that thing, there's something wrong with that. You know, let's let's throw it away. Gene said, no, 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 no. This was my childhood doll. Let's keep it. I loved this thing. I took it everywhere.
1: Right.
2: She's like, I get a really bad feeling about this doll. So Gene went on um, and, and began to do the same things that he did as a child. He would carry it on trips with him. He would put it in the car. It sat in a rocking chair next to Gene and his wife's bed. Well, despite all of the wife's um, urging, Gene was not going to get rid of Robert. But things began to happen. The wife started to say that, that the doll was watching her. Was he, he would show up in a room that she had just left and was not in there. Um, she would put him away and she would walk down the hall and he'd be in the floor, almost just teasing her, tormenting her. Um, and eventually Jean's wife died. And the story says that she, she went insane and, and you know that she, she, she just couldn't handle it anymore. So over time, things kind of quieted down in Robert's story. Um, and Gene Otto passed away in 1974. His plan was to build a gallery for his art and, and, and other artists, uh, in Key West, Florida, that was modeled after, you know, his childhood home. He never saw that come to fruition, but it was completed. Um, a lady named uh, Myrtle Reuter purchased the house, you know, after, uh, after Jean's death and it, it was rented out. Different people live there. Different families would move in. Maintenance people would come into the house and they all experienced things. There's um, a plumber is working in the attic and, and here's giggling behind him, turns around. There's nothing there. Turns back around, Robert. Sitting right there. Um, and, and the plumber actually swears that he saw out of the corner of his eye Robert move across the room. Um, neighbors uh, report that seeing Robert move from one window to another window uh, when nobody was home. Uh, the house is empty. There's Robert in the window. Who put Robert in that window? Come here and look at this. Somebody put that creepy doll in the window. Which window? Uh, oh, well, it's this one now. So that kind of stuff. So uh, this continued on, you know, even after Gene's death. So after a period of time, it was uh, 94, 1994, uh, Myrtle Reuter donated Robert to the, um, the East Martello Museum in Key West, which was the building that, that Gene had, had started work on. And that is where Robert the Doll lives today. If you choose, you can go and visit. Now, if you remember from the last episode, um, we just got back from Key West. We had talked about going by to see Robert. The, the East Martello Museum is out by the Key West airport. It's not that it's, all that far, but it's not necessarily walking distance from, you know, Duval Street. Uh, We didn't, we didn't get by there. You know, I kind of wish we had, but everybody on that island knows about Robert. In fact, we were talking about it in the cab ride back to the airport and our cab driver said, don't make fun of Robert. You know, so, you know, it's something, it's a part of the history of that island. Um, When you go and visit Robert, There's some rules. Don't make fun of him. He doesn't like that. And, you know, it's considered to be a bad thing. People have experienced, you know, bad luck, physical illness after making fun of Robert. Um, And a lot have had to come back and apologize. Uh, You cannot take Robert's photograph without his permission or the same bad luck will follow you when you leave. And to ask his ask his permission, you must ask Robert politely if you may take his picture. And the doll will nod. If he doesn't nod, he's not giving you permission. And some people have told stories about taking this doll's picture, leaving and having all of these problems. You know, well, I left and, and my car wouldn't start. And then I got it started and went down the road and had a flat tire. And then I got out and I bumped my head on the hood of the car. And I'm sitting there bleeding. And, you know, it, those stories are are so common that, you know, I could just tell you for an hour these stories right. about people having problems. A lot of people will take the photograph and bring it back when they apologize so that the bad luck will stop. So, um, like I said, probably one of the most famous uh, haunted doll stories uh, in, in Robert the doll. Um, n- no, no true deaths associated with uh, with him other than I- if you would attribute um, Gene Otto's wife, you know, her demise. Right. Um, which you know, I suppose is a possibility. E- even if it wasn't true, and you believed it was true, it would it could drive you crazy. So, oh yeah. Um, but. Um, but, yeah, if you're ever in Key West, uh, don't be like me and, and take the time to go over and and, ch- and check it out. I will say this. I did find out that there was a good chance that Robert wasn't in the museum. In the month of October, they move him to another museum, which is the old post office and custom house that's on Front Street. So probably about another four miles um, on the other side of the island. Uh, but he's still there. I mean, right. You know, the. And he's not like Grand Marshal of the parade or anything like that. Yeah. He just he lives in this museum one month out of the year. He goes to the other one. If you go down there, uh, check it out, and don't forget to ask his permission yeah. before you. Take ask his,
1: his permission. Be nice to him, and things should be good. You can view him. Just be nice. So that wraps up this episode. Now feel free to email us any of your tales or experiences if you have any creepy doll stories that you want to tell us email them to us or we have a new facebook group so if you're not part of the facebook group go join it um you can find it real easy it's linked with our page that we've got or you can just search graveyard tales podcast group um tell us a story on there um you know we we're on there a lot talking to anybody who posts and you know we're posting stuff, and it, it's just a it's a fun place. Um, so let us know all of that stuff. Now, if you like our podcast, if you like what we do, then please tell a friend about it. We've had a lot of growth so far with word of mouth, and it's great. We're we're overwhelmed with how much positive feedback that we've gotten from everybody. Um, but also, please go and give us a rating um, give us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us grow in the charts and it grows the graveyard a lot. And we would like to get this big time so that we're reaching a lot more people. Um, give us a rating on any other, uh, podcast platforms that you, uh, that you, that you listen to us on. Also, you can go to audio boom, our host and give us a, a rating there. Leave a comment there that will help out a lot too.
2: And you can, you can find us on Facebook at Graveyard Tales Podcast uh, and join our Facebook group. Like I said, it's a lot of fun. We're really trying to grow it. Um, and if you're on Twitter, you can find us at G-R-V-E-Y-R-D Podcast, or you can just search Graveyard Tales. Uh, we really look forward to seeing you guys back in the graveyard. Um, this has been more fun than I think Adam and I could imagine, and and we're we're learning a lot, and we hope we're scaring the crap out of every one of you guys. Um, But uh, let us know what you think, please. Um, Adam, I think that's a wrap.
1: That is a wrap. We'll see you guys soon.